Alright, so now we're just they going here. So, okay. who are you, uh, who do you work for, and what are you doing here? Okay. Yeah. I am Captain William Clark, um, portrayed by Craig Rockwell of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. In my real life, I'm the Assistant Natural Resource Manager for the Corps along the Lower Snake River. Well, let's start way back. When when, uh, when were you first sort of introduced to the story of Lewis and Clark? Like, just, just you know, was it in grade school? I and mean, What do you remember about it? Well, of course, I was born on August 1st, 1770. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, you, Rocky, uh, Craig yeah. Rockwell. I actually don't remember learning much about it in school, but that doesn't surprise me because I absolutely hated <laughs> history and never paid attention anyway. I was a good enough student where I could, I could remember enough to regurgitate on a test and do just fine, and that was really all I cared to do out of history. So my real introduction introduction to uh, uh, the Lewis and Clark story came when I joined the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers as a park ranger and fashioned myself as an interpretive ranger uh, in 1980. I began studying the history of the agency and recognized that Lewis and Clark is a very significant, actually pivotal, uh, point in the development of our agency as we know it. I know, I end up pouring out more than I. Now, uh, you know, since this is recording here, uh, anyone that might hear this might not know that you probably resemble Clark in a lot of ways, don't you? <laughs> an appearance, an appearance. I've been told I do. Uh, you know, plastic surgery is a wonderful thing. But uh, I, I, the one thing that I that that, that uh, I don't resemble him with is that naturally I'm very dark haired. Well, I was. I have oh, no were you really? My, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a dyed hair. Oh, yeah. This is really this is a dye job. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I have no idea what color. It. Oh. Uh, we went through some colors that uh, all of us didn't really think was appropriate. <laughs> so I. This is best color. I guess I, I met you like three, four years ago, and you had the red hair. So I just sure. assumed that was the. Most people do, and and I have the complexion of a redhead. Always have had yeah. problems with the sun, so actually it works pretty well. So. Maybe I was destined to do this. In fact, many things in my past have determined me that I actually was destined to do this. I, I'm not much of a believer in coincidence. I believe in the hand of providence. And so I think there are some very good reasons why I came to this. But, uh, but I, I had very dark hair, now probably pretty gray. <clears throat> uh, but uh, what I found was that, that my audiences were not willing to accept that I was portraying Clark because they knew Clark as the red-headed chief. Mm -hmm. And so I'd have people come up to me after the program and go, well, now wasn't Clark a redhead? And i go, well, yeah, I'll bet uh, I'm not. Well, that became such a barrier. Uh, in fact, uh, I've, I've come to realize, and I've got quite a bit of acting background. Mm -hmm. And when you're, when you're portraying a fictitious character, you can get away with just about everything as long as your personality fits the story and you're consistent, you can get away with it. But when you're doing a historic character, there are certain iconic characteristics. If you don't match those, your audience just isn't going to be willing to set aside reality and accept you as, as the person that you're portraying. I met you because of your involvement with the Bicentennial film. Um, and so I know, I know for sure, and I've seen you in photos, like you were there with the dedication of the, uh, the, uh, 
the uh, Jefferson uh, Nickel. I saw right. photos of you there, and um, so you've been coast to coast uh, uh, portraying Clark. Um, you know, what are some of the interesting things you've seen or learned uh, in this sort of in your own journey, I guess, as Clark? Well, I've learned that um, um, first and foremost that history truly is very interesting. Um, more importantly, it's uh, it's very important to us. You know, the, the patriotic foundations of this nation. That's something we all share as Americans, and uh, uh, and I think that 9/11 was a very important time because that helped us to realize. I mean, not that it was a good thing. I'd never be willing to say that, but it forced us to think very hard about who we are. And it forced us to realize that we truly are a national community. It was, um, it was our understanding of our shared past, I think, that helped us come to that national, uh, that that realization of national community, and, and and that I think is what is represented by all the flags that have flown since that date. Um, I also uh, think I marvel that our Lewis and Clark bicentennial has been so perfectly timed not that anybody did that but it but it, the, the timing of it has been perfect to extend the healing of America I really do feel that our understanding of our patriotic history was the foundation of our coming together as a national community and our bicentennial was preparing this nation to learn more about that patriotic history so I think that this has been very good for America from that vantage point as well as the overall history of the of the country what are some uh, interesting things that you've you've kind of experienced personally uh, on uh, you know on your travels that uh, you know maybe maybe it surprised you now in retrospect I guess or, or has there been anything uh, one of the things that was has been interesting to me was I met some Clark, some, some members of the Clark family that had that had been coming to Lewis and Clark events and whatnot and very proud of the fact that they're uh, ancestor was this very famous man, William Clark. And in fact, I met two of these uh, ladies on uh, a boat that we were taking a tour on the, on <clears throat> the Ohio River there at Louisville. <clears throat> and as they got on the boat, I was uh, standing there in full, full uh, dress uniform and introducing myself as William Clark and, and going to do some photo ops on, uh, on the trip, you know, that type of thing. And so as, as people would come on, i said, hi, I'm Captain William Clark. Well, these two ladies came on. I had no idea who they were, but they came on and they said, oh, you must be portraying William Clark. And I said, ma'am, I am William Clark. And they both just started laughing. <clears throat> Later on in the tour, I found out that they're actually uh, descendants of William Clark and uh, part of, uh, of a big part of, the, of their family that has been keeping very close track of that whole thing. So that was kind of fun, and, and uh, but but so we got to laughing about that, and then and then later on we had a family reunion for the Clark family at the St. Louis event. Well, I was invited as a member of the family. They adopted me into the Clark family, which was a lot of fun. So my wife and I, uh, my wife came on, came with me on that trip. And so we we went to the Clark family reunion with a family sticker on, which was a lot of fun. And I met these two ladies' mother. And, uh, and, and she said, I have just been dying to meet the man that says, ma'am, I am William Clark. <laughs> so, but to, to see, and, and it, was, it was very interesting, and I, I was a little apprehensive of how I would be received by the Clark family, 
because here I am. I didn't ask their permission to portray their their ancestor, and and frankly didn't feel like I needed to. But I was a bit apprehensive, and these are very nice people. I've really enjoyed getting getting to know the, the Clark family. But what I found very heartwarming is that they they feel honored that I had chosen William Clark to portray and that and that I'm trying to do a good job of portraying William Clark in, yeah. in the most historically accurate way that I can and uh, and and that was maybe not too much of a surprise but I had been apprehensive of that and uh, and it was very heartwarming to be accepted by and and of course a person can never have enough family so it's nice to have another part of of the family now <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's fun that's really fun that's a great part of the story yeah yeah, so you've had an opportunity to meet a lot of folks, uh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, at events oh, like yeah. this, bicentennial events. and Here's something else. And yeah. this, this is something that I think is important. Yeah, as you know, the, uh, the Library of Congress now has a family history project going on, and traveling around the country getting family history stories. But one of the things that I have really enjoyed, historians tend to be the type of people that want to know about their own family histories, as you might guess. And, uh, uh, and so I've had a chance to sit down with some very, interesting people with some very interesting family histories and I'd sit down and I'd chat with them about it and as I heard these phenomenally interesting stories of, uh, of family histories I began to realize that none of them were more interesting than my own family history yeah. and, I, and, and so I, I, it, it uh, led me to wanting to do more to document my own family history and uh, I mean I've got my, my grandfather played with Louis Armstrong my aunt played in the, uh, the, the women's professional baseball league during the World War II and my grandfather or my uncle was pursued by Artie Shaw to be a trombone player my father was a big band or was a big daddy in the big band era and, and so I've got a, a very interesting and colorful history in my not too recent past. I also found out about some family members that were in the Revolutionary War and not related to Ulysses S. Grant, those kinds of things. And the real point that, I, that I'm making is that I, I came to realize that we all have very interesting family histories. Some with stories we really don't want to know, I'm sure. But yeah. uh, but I've really enjoyed I made a, a special trip over this last spring break with my youngest daughter back to uh, the, the roots of my family in Indiana yeah. to document by videotape some of these family history stories. And, and so I think that's something where I have grown uh, and has helped me to appreciate my own family history uh, all the more. Uh, yeah, I agree with that, that, uh, you know, when we start, when we look at history kind of from outer space, it's just this big thing, but when you zoom in, it's the personalities that make it really interesting, and, and that's where the connections are made, and, and you're right, you know, you, 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 it's sort of a reflection upon who you, you are yourself. Right. Now, actually, something interesting you said is the, the, the sort of, uh, you know, the black eyes, uh, as it were, uh, the negative marks in the history, uh, people's history. And sure. and so everyone, well, people that know the story of Lewis and Clark also probably know, you know, who, who York is. Uh, he was Captain Clark's uh, slave. Um, and so, you know, today, as a historical uh, uh, documentarian or Reenactor, how, yeah. What what's your take on um, on on how history should look at that relationship? Do you think? You know that, that uh, the relationship of Clark and York was the most difficult part of my taking on the persona 
of William Clark. I really was searching as, as to how to properly do that because I certainly wanted to do it correctly. I didn't want to um, wimp out on it and do the politically correct thing. I wanted to do the right thing. I wanted the historically right thing. And, and, uh, and so, fortunately, about the same time I was really searching out that role, Hassan Davis was building his persona as York. And, uh, and so he and I went to dinner on more than one occasion to really, to really reach into each other's soul because he's very cognizant of his own family history in, in uh, uh, slavery. And, uh, and then he has a very interesting past personally himself. He's a very respectable man on many, many levels. And so I very much enjoyed getting to know him, but it was important to me to understand how I could portray Clark because I have a very strong feeling that William Clark was a very respectable Christian man living as uh, a pillar of the community and yet he was a slaveholder and those were terms that could all be used in the same sentence 200 years ago. Today you could never put all those uh, uh, all those things into the same sentence unless you were saying this is not possible you know I mean that's a it's a difficult thing so so I've, I've, I've one of the things I've tried to do is to use that um, that story to help people realize that you cannot paint history through a modern lens and that in order to and, and, and what I try to do is paint a picture of William Clark as a slaveholder dealing with York in a way that was appropriate. So I, so, I, so I take on the very personality that I think Clark would have had when dealing with those issues um, and, and not apologizing that I'm a slaveholder but dealing with it from, from a practical point of view with that 200-year-old uh, mentality. And that, that has been, um, I think, very uh, rewarding because I've seen people searching themselves as I talk about those kinds of things. And, uh, and I've talked to many black people about the way I have portrayed uh, that situation just to make sure that I'm not being offensive, because I certainly don't want to be offensive, but I'm doing so correctly, and they don't find it offensive. And I think that has been very rewarding. To have the truth come out in a way that is uh, sensitive, but yet not yielding, um, I think has been uh, uh, good. I, I had a really interesting experience along those lines. I was, I was in Long Beach, for the National Signature event, and uh, I had gone to lunch, and when I came back, we had moved everything into the building because it had been just raining incessantly, so we all moved inside, and so I had, I had left the building uh, to, to go to lunch, and I, when I came back from lunch, the minute I walked in the building, I had people saying, you need to look out, there's a lady here that's really here out for your head. <laughs> And I'm going, oh, wow, what did I do? So, and, and as, I, as I walked through the building, everybody was warning me about this woman that she was just out for me. And, and uh, it turns out that she wanted to absolutely nail me to a tree for the way I treated York, you know, and uh, which I found very interesting. But I was really glad that I was not there when she came because it gave me a chance to prepare myself for it. So I knew that this lady would be coming back, which of course she did. And, and she came to the table, both barrels blazing. 
and uh, and I and I had made the decision. I had steeled myself for dealing with it. I made the decision that I was going to hit this absolutely historically correctly, even though it's not politically correct to do so. And uh, and it was interesting because she hit me with everything, and I was right back, you know, as William Clark defending my honor and saying, you know, uh, upstanding citizen, the whole nine yards. It was interesting to watch. Everybody else in the building just sort of separated. <laughs> it's kind of like, we better get out of the way because the fists are coming. <laughs> and we had a very heated debate. It was not nasty. She was not being nasty about it, and I certainly wasn't either. You know, I was representing the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, so I certainly was not going to attack this woman or anything. But but, uh, but I, I felt that, that here was a woman that had taken the effort to, you know, and she had a very strong passion of this. She deserved the truth. She deserved the historically correct uh, response. Well, after it was all done, we both sort of stepped out of character because we both ha had been um, uh, very uh, very much into this, and she introduced herself. She was a direct descendant of Sally Hemming. Oh, wow. How interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. very interesting. Now, if I had known that she was a direct descendant of Sally Hemming, I may have run away, so I'm glad I did not yeah. know that. Yeah. But she thanked me for being willing to enter into a spirited debate on this, and, and she said that I had helped her to understand a little more from a white slave owner's perspective what it would have truly been like 200 years ago, and, and I, I shared that, uh, that she had done the same for me. Even though I did not realize that she was, she looked very white, yeah. as uh, as uh, uh, the descendants of Sally Hemming do, and so I didn't realize that she had this uh, uh, this lineage or anything. But but it was a very interesting exchange. You know, I, I I think this is one of the the real sort of powers of interpretation and living history. Yes. You know, because we we can read a book, we can watch a movie, but it's the opportunity to sort of, in a sense, interact with the past, to ask the ask questions of the past, and and you know when people talk about history being alive, I mean that's that's really what I think embodies that is just the opportunity to to sort of you know say you know William Clark, welcome to the modern age, and I've got some questions for you, and you and you know you being able to as a historian be able to 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 answer correctly and and it just gives you know us uh, you know and living in our time a fresh perspective on you know maybe right. issues of the past but also issues of the present so right. I, I mean that's and that's one of the things i try to do um, uh, certainly to give the proper perspective of the past but now one of the things i don't do and and, and living history people really don't understand what i do i do not I do not do living history of William Clark. I do William Clark talking to a modern audience. And I do so from the vantage point of being cognizant of significant events between then and now, which allows me to relate to things through history in a way that in living history you can't do that. You've got to be trapped in this time zone and ignorant of anything that's happened since then. Right. And, and, and I find that there's a tremendous educational value in being able to relate these things. It builds a relevance that people need to have. So it works for me, even though it, it's not true living history. I do first person, stay in first person as William Clark, but I don't do so from a yes. from one time. You, you're aware of the present. Yes. Yeah. And, so, and, and I find one of the greatest uh, um, uh, parallels is 9-11. Uh, parallels isn't the right word, but one of the greatest relevances that I right. try to build is this patriotic 
mm-hmm. uh, response to 9-11 and, and how important our understanding of our own history has been in that. So I think that's a very important part. Um, I, 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 also, um, I also think that it's very important for students, school students especially, that they be able to experience their history, not just learn names and dates of significant events. Now, one of the words that I find very, very important in this whole thing, and that is connections. Um, We tend to learn history, or we tend uh, to teach history as, on this date, this person did this, and on this date, this person did this. And, and, And those are significant events that we need to know. But what really makes interest makes it interesting, and what really makes it important, as the term we use, the tapestry of history, is the fact that all of these events are are related and connected. And so, one of the one of my goals, um, uh, as I continue on beyond the Lewis and Clark bicentennial, because I'm not going to stop portraying William Clark. I'm I'm going to continue going into schools and whatnot. One of my goals is to is to show how Lewis and Clark and the Lewis and Clark story fits into the earlier political environment of Thomas Jefferson and the vision, the vision of America, the spirit of 76, all of that, and how the Lewis and Clark bicentennial built a whole new dynamic for the future and the connections from that forward. So I'm going to continue as William Clark Brigadier General and Superintendent of Indian Affairs. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, that was, that was sort of going to be my next question was, you know, where do you go from here? But, uh, you know, what happens now for Captain Clark? Uh, you know, in, in a few weeks or actually months, you'll be back in St. Louis, and then, uh, and, then, and then his role in life changed, didn't it? it, it yes. He sort of took on a lot more responsibility, right. and, right. and um, I guess... Yeah, so he, I'm trying beca- to think. he became Brigadier General of the Louisiana Territory Militia. Interestingly, under the command of Governor Meriwether Lewis. So once again, they would be serving together. Um, after after the demise of Lewis and uh, and Louisiana becoming a state, the rest of the territory was called the Missouri Territory, and then William Clark was commissioned as the governor of the Missouri Territory, and he was commissioned that three times. Then Missouri became a state, and he ended up having to run for his own office. Well, he lost that election primarily because the the Missourians saw that he was too soft on Indians, and. Uh, uh, and so then he went on as superintendent of Indian Affairs for the rest of his life. So, uh, so, so William Clark went on to a very um, productive life as a public servant. Another part of the story that I want to continue, that life doesn't end at the end of a significant event. Yeah. And I'm hoping that it doesn't for me as well. I, I'm, I'm, uh, a lot of people are asking me what I'm going to be doing. Well, I have a job. I'm, uh, I'm fully uh, employed with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers in Clarkson. So from a... From a support point of view, I, I, I have no particular worries. Um, as far as what I'm going to do with myself, I've, I've poured 10 years of my life into this bicentennial, and, and it has taken virtually every waking hour. I spend my annual leave, I spend my weekends, I spend uh, hours after work preparing, giving presentations, traveling around the country to continue giving presentations on my own time because it doesn't fit what the Corps' mission is outside of the national signature events. And so it has it has um, engulfed a great deal of my life. Well, now my family's involved. My wife portrays Harriet Kennelly Radford Clark, uh, William Clark's second wife, and my daughter portrays her daughter, uh, William Clark's um, uh, 
step stepdaughter. And so I've got the family involved in this now too. My other two children have gone off on their own lives now, but. Uh, uh, so, so it's it's become a very big part of our life, and it's certainly not going to quit being a part of our life. But there is a big part of me that recognizes that there's going to be a significant shift as of the 23rd of September. I'm anxious to get on with uh, with this. It's been the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life, helping helping children to understand that history can be very interesting and indeed is very interesting when it's taught in a way that they can truly experience it. Oh, good. Well, thanks a lot, Rocky. Well, you bet. I appreciate you uh, taking a few minutes here to, to do this. Thanks for, uh, thanks for asking.